Big Fluff. Since Joe and I started this podcast close to probably five years ago now, we have come up with several ideas. In fact, I have our original notebook handwritten with what we wanted to put down as episodes and somewhere nestled between oysters and I think maybe Trappist beers, it's written Nog. And Joe brings it up every year around Christmas time. He wants to do a Nog episode. And I always tell him, there's only one kind of Nog, Joe. Eggnog. So how are we going to do a Nog episode? But you know what? We're here to do it today. Curioso. A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Joe, we're back again. <laughs> we are. Yeah, after our long like, hiatus and coming out with last meals, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might have thought that our last meals episode was our last meal was our was our last meal of episodes. Right, but it's not. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. We're doing more. Right, and I I think today's episode is going to be excellent. Oh god! In fact, Joe, I would say that I'm ecstatic about I'm, recording this episode tonight. Uh, I'm going to hit you right in the noggin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you had that because I had no more egg puns. <laughs> Good. Listen, I, I hate to take the mood down at the very beginning, though, but I, I do have a journal entry. Sure. That I have to make. As of today, we're recording on the 17th of December, 2017, and I have just found out that uh, a, I wouldn't necessarily say hero, but someone who I definitely looked up to, someone who was very important in my young Sideshow life has passed. Hmm. Johnny Fox. Oh, man. The sword swallower who has been swallowing swords at the Maryland Renaissance Festival for, I don't know, what was it, like 28 years or yeah, something like that? very long well, I mean, time. almost three decades, I believe, he was swallowing swords. Mm-hmm. I, I went to go see him as a, a young child and saw my very first live sword swallower. And uh, he passed away today from cancer. And I, I just wanted to say I'm sorry for the world's loss. Was that a moment of silence? I think so. I, di- I didn't know yeah. what else to say. I had no th- nothing else to say. He was a, a absolutely amazing performer. Right. So, Agreed. And he will definitely be missed. Mm-hmm. Joe. Yes, Chris. Do you like eggs? I love me some eggs. So. Like pickled, fried, surrounded and comforted by a blanket of sausage, then battered and then fried again. Mm, the coveted scotch egg. Yes. So, Joe, have you ever had, recently I've been going to the grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a thing I normally do, but <laughs> I've been going to the grocery store and there they have like bags of hard boiled eggs. Oh, yeah, I've gotten them. Right. Uh, you know, and they're good to make like egg salad and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I've been noticing that they've had. The beets? The beet eggs? Oh, they've had the beet eggs too, yes. But the, the ones I was going to talk about were the, 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 they're in hot sauce. Oh, they're that's hot a, sauce eggs. So I will take the beet eggs. Yeah. And I will douse them in Cholula. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's like the sweetness of the beets and the spiciness of the Cholula, but it's perfect. You like a, you oh, like it piquant. It's, 
Yeah, pecan. Straight up pecan. <laughs> we we all know, right? I just want to bring this up. We all know that pecan is an actual word, although you made fun of me for I it. I did on for the, a long on time. On the hot pepper episode. Oh, and before that, capsaicin. but pecan is a real word. It, it is. means that something is is a spicy, a spicy, right. a spicy meatball. <laughs> it me pungent. Yes, yes. It's pecan. Mm-hmm. Not pecan. Pecan. Exactly. All right, so, but anyway, those are some of my favorite eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a thing right now in this time of year, the, the season that we're in, people drink a lot of eggnog. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the egg of the nog. <laughs> the nog of, of the egg. egg. <laughs> right. How do you nog the egg, Joe? I don't, I don't really know. I don't know what the nogging of the egg is. So I went and did some research. I've been wanting to do this episode forever oh yeah you've mentioned it every like every single year yeah you're it, like let's do a nog episode well because it's a weird word mm-hmm. n-o-g nog right like it sounds kind of like grog mm-hmm. that's where my brain automatically goes it sounds like some sort of old world god <laughs> yes yeah we worship the nog yeah he lives under a mountain mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah right yeah nog <laughs> so it's weird i found two different definitions Mm-hmm. for nog right the oxford dictionary describes it as a small block or peg of wood whereas the webster's dictionary describes it as as a term that dates back to the 17th century as either a strong ale formerly brewed in norfolk england or a drink consisting of eggs beaten with sugar milk cream and often alcohol and that has been seen since probably 1775 i've done a little bit of research too joe which mm-hmm. is odd because i usually don't i usually just come in blind you do and, and you know study your way I just, through. I just cram 10 minutes beforehand and you but um your way through the whole episode <laughs> Okay, but I did find this website called, it's like Bushcraft. Mm-hmm. It's about bushcraftdays.com, okay? And this guy's talking about how he he carves little noggins. Okay. Noggins. They are small little cups they to are t- drink said nog. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Uh, also, it's very traditional to drink, like, say, a dram of whiskey right. out of or scotch out of. Mm-hmm. Yes, a small wooden cup. It's called a noggin. Also, in Irish... It's Nogian, and in Old Gaelic, it's Nogian. No, okay. Nogian. Look, I'm terrible at I know you are. accents and everything. We, and Everyone in the world knows you're terrible at accents. Right. And, so. But I'm just saying, I can't say it in Gaelic, but I believe in Gaelic, <laughs> it's Nogian. Sure. Sounds... I just sound like I'm saying it in Russian. <laughs> yeah, so, you do. So, but basically, they're, they're carved little wooden bowls. Now, Mm -hmm. there are a couple of different ways that you can do it. You can do it out of regular wood. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can carve it, but then there's also other ways to carve it. Like you actually can carve it with fire. Okay. So instead of just taking like a curved knife Mm -hmm. and like carving it out with that, there are, what they do is they put a, so they basically get the outer outline. Mm -hmm. And then to carve the bowl section of it, what they do is they put a, like a coal, Right okay. in the bowl section. Yeah. And then you take a straw or a reed of some sort mm-hmm. and you blow straight at it, just like you would a normal fire, mm-hmm. right? To, to kind of get your fire going, like you're, you know, in a fire pit. Right. You blow straight at it. And what it does is it burns down into the wood oh. and it actually hardens the wood a bit. Right. It also will burn it out. So you don't hmm. actually have to carve all of it. 
Okay. You know, so once it burns down to the point where you about you're happy, you dump you're happy, the coal out. You dump the coal out, and then you carve out the the you know the the basically the charcoal at mm-hmm. that point, and it's much much easier to carve. Hmm. One of the things also that I found out about the noggin is that typically it's it's made with a burl. Do you know what a burl is? A burl. Like ives. A, no, <laughs> it's a burr or a burl. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll find them on the side of trees sometimes. Oh, it's a little nubs. It's a little nub. Yeah, it used to be a limb or something, and it's grown over. Yeah, so it either used to be a limb, or sometimes the tree will be damaged in some sort of way. Right, right? And that's how it regrows. Right, and yeah, it's like a keloid scar, but for a tree. Yeah, or like the way cork is actually grown is mm-hmm. is kind of done the same way. And, right, and what happens is that little burl, it can even be diseased sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's basically like if you think about like you know Warts. some. Yeah, like it, what happens words. is it doesn't grow like a normal grain, mm-hmm. like like you know the 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 trunk of the wood would grow. Okay, it, the the grain actually becomes like a cross pattern, hmm. and it creates a like a much say thicker type of wood. Mm-hmm. But it also it, it doesn't it helps with the cracking. So uh, you know okay. so it, once you have like something that dries out, it'll split. It can split, mm-hmm. but when you have a burl, because it, it grows in weird directions, it mm-hmm. grows like kind of like crosshatched almost, mm-hmm. it makes it much easier for the, the bowl to not split when oh. it dries out. Okay. And also, like typically, you can cut it directly off the tree. Mm-hmm. So when you are carving it, you're carving green wood as opposed to like dried out, like old crappy firewood, mm-hmm. which is seasoned. You don't want seasoned wood because it's much harder to carve. Mm-hmm. And then you dry it out with the with the fire yeah. and it and it makes it much easier. Huh. What's really cool, Joe, is I actually found a Boy Scout article about how to carve a noggin. And it's, it, I mean, Sweet. it's from like, I your, mean- Your I kid's think, still a, a Boy Scout, right? Yeah. And now, you were. Uh, I was, and so is he. Now, the problem is, is his troop just closed, right. which really sucks. I have to find a new troop for him. Yeah. It was just like due to lack of interest. But yeah, I believe this is like from 1941. It's like a Boy's Life article where it shows you, there it is, shows you how to cut a, huh. a burl off a tree and make your own little noggin. Sweet. With a, like a little piece of leather that you can tie to a little toggle yeah, and tuck and that little toggle under your belt. Kind of, yeah. And just have like a little something to drink from. Nice. So yeah, it's kind of neat. Just a little uh just a little dive into the the noggin or the or the nog <laughs> of the eggnog. Right. Culinary anthropologists, which yeah, I was surprised they exist too, believe that well, the, how do you how are you surprised <laughs> jo- about that? I'm joking. I'm joking. I know there's people who study Every aspect of history. Yeah, especially, especially the food. Yeah, I mean, it's really important to know what our ancestors were eating. I know. There's you a know there's I mean? a beer that we like. Um, what is it called? Midas Touch. Right, it, and it, it's all it's, made by Dogfish Head. Right, but it's based on an ancient beer recipe that they found in an old barrel or they something. They scraped out of the bottom of some kind of, uh, it was like some kind of pot. Yeah, it was like a ceramic pot. Yeah. And they did uh, analysis and found out all the, the chemicals and plant material that was there yeah. and remanufactured a beer of like, I don't even know. Figuring out the, what kind of barley they were using. century And, and the different kinds of hops and yeah, yeah, and brewed a beer from it. Yeah. I think so they that's, changed it to today's tastes a little bit. Yeah. Because old beer was gross. It was. But... <laughs> Culinary anthropologists do exist. That's not what we're talking about. Sorry. They believe that the modern eggnog can be traced to an alcoholic drink from the late medieval times called posset. P-O-S-S-E-T. Now, this is there's a bit of back and forth where 
we're not terribly sure if that's the exact origin mm-hmm. because there are a few other things that we'll talk about where it might have stemmed off of that. Right. Or they could just be regional variations. Also, I, I was reading a, an article by uh, Alton Brown mm-hmm. where he was kind of giving his recipe. I, you know, I got to say, anytime, I, you know, we do a food episode, I go to see if Alton Brown did an episode on about it. And, <laughs> and he probably did because he's I think he's awesome. But he was talking about it's basically eggnog and other drinks of its type. Right. A poset. Mm-hmm. Posset? Posset? How do you pronounce it? Poset. Po- pos- poset. Well, I mean, poisson is fish in mm-hmm. French. Right. So well, it's not a fish drink. No, no, but it feels similar in my brain. It feels similar uh, rolling off your, yeah, your, yeah. your, your tongue? Poisset. So Alton Brown was saying that the poset, po- po- poisset, mm-hmm. uh, another word I can't say, great. Alton Brown was saying that that and eggnog are really a drinkable version of of a custard. Right. So unlike a set custard, mm-hmm. these are more like a liquid custard right. that it's made for the drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, what's the thing that I think it was Hershey's that tried to do a reinvention of drinkable chocolate. It's, <laughs> it's basically a ganache that's been watered down a little bit so you can just drink it. Can't you just drink chocolate milk? Well, no, but this is, this is like straight up chocolate, but in like liquid form. That's just seems like you could just take some chocolate syrup and put some water in it. Or just take the, or like the an, bottle and just squeeze it in your mouth. Or like an egg cream. Maybe, yeah. Oddly enough, not made with eggs. Right. right. But I believe that an egg cream is kind of... Okay, so an egg cream, you take... I believe it's a little bit of milk, mm-hmm. a little bit of chocolate. You basically make a very small chocolate milk. Right. Okay. Then you add soda water to it and it gets all creamy and frothy because the soda water mixed with the the milk mm-hmm. gets it all creamy and frothy. Very much like like we're talking about. Right. A, eggnog. Eggnog. Yeah. You know, any kind of creamy tasting drink is gonna bring that reminiscence of the of the nog. There was a recipe that was in a book by one John Russell that dates back to 1460. Mm. And the book was called The Boke of Notcher. The, the Boke? <laughs> I don't, I think it's old timey English. It's B O K E O F N U R T U R E. The Boke of Notcher. I bet you they sold that in some shoppies. <laughs> exactly. With like two <laughs> P's and an extra E. And the recipe basically states that. Make a stiff poissette of milky and ale. Take a cowie, milky, and set it off. Be fire and prove ten. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 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 I apologize. I, go on. This go is on. like you trying to do Ode to a Haggis. Oh, it's awful. But it's old English, and it basically just boils down to the translation is boil the milk, add wine or ale, let it cool, gather the curds, and then discard the whey, and season with ginger, sugar, and possibly sweet wine and candied anus. Uh, uh, anus. I think, I think anus. it's anise. Sorry. Yeah. Anise. Yeah. A- anus? Anise. Anus. Anus. I, let's move on. <laughs> or it could possibly be traced to a recipe from something called caudle. C-A-U-D-L-E. Okay. That, and that dates that to... That sounds gross. <laughs> it does. Just the name. All right, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. But it dates to probably the 1300s. Okay. So a little bit before the, the poisset. It includes very similar ingredients the recipe I found has wheat, starch, raisins, and sugars, and various spices. 
Mm-hmm. It was described in a 1647 article as a syrupy gruel with spices, wine, or ale being added. Hmm. So it doesn't sound real appetizing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like holiday spirit kind of drinking. No. I, anything, anytime you call something a gruel, I'm, <laughs> I'm usually unappetized by right. it. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking of just plain flour and water. But, you know, honestly, though, what is it? Uh, oatmeal mm-hmm. is considered a gruel. And a lot of people yeah. eat that in the mornings. I eat that in the mornings. True. Of course, yeah. I chop some bananas and throw like a... A, like a, a pound of sugar on it. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't actually. I'll chop, chop, I'll chop, I'll chop some bananas. Mm-hmm. I chop some bananas. And I'll throw in a dollop of peanut butter on the top. Ew. I love bananas and peanut butter. Uh, in gruel? In, yes. In, in <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So what happens is, is mm. I, I love peanut butter, right? So it's like an alternative to eating like a peanut butter sandwich in the morning or something. Sure. Right? Yeah. Your starches are there. Yeah. So you throw a dollop of peanut butter in it. It sweetens it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. But also the peanut butter melts because it's hot mm-hmm. and you kind of just mix it all up. Okay, so it's so like peanut butter like flavored slurry, slurry with <laughs> banana chunks. Uh, it's not bad, man. I believe do you, you. Well, hold on. Do you dislike oatmeal? No, I just maybe it's just a combination of all three well, together. What, what would you, <laughs> what would you put in? What do you put in your oatmeal? Oh, bananas are good on anything. Um, oatmeal, probably. I don't know. Probably just cinnamon and sugar, or maybe a little honey or something like that. Yeah, you never tried that. Try the peanut butter. All right, I'll give it a shot. I, I, crunchy? Have I, have I told crunchy you? peanut butter? No, no, just normal peanut butter. What, like, where's the texture? You don't need the, t- the bananas. Slimy it's slimy mush. Just, it's like slimy, slimy, and slimy. Is uh, that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's three slimy textures. Gross. <laughs> All right, a 14th century recipe also states uh, you can mix breadcrumbs, wine, sugar, and honey, add saffron, bring to a boil, then thicken with egg yolks. And this is in the 14th century. Sprinkle with salt and sugar and possibly ginger. There's another recipe in the 15th century that I found that states, ale or wine is heated and thickened with egg yolks. Also adding ground almonds, which is optional, spices, sugar, honey, saffron, and ginger, but absolutely do not add salt. Hmm. Hmm. So, I mean. Is that to not curdle it? I, I don't know. I think it's just so it doesn't taste I don't like think salt. I would like a salty eggnog. Anyway, it, it just seems like you're getting too close to bodily functions at that right. point. It's well, all thick and creamy. <laughs> right. And and the funny thing is, for a very long time, it was seen as a, a health drink. Right. A, like a tonic almost. But here's the other thing is that egg-based drinks came back in the early American colonies where most people had things like cows laying around, mm-hmm. chickens floating about, and lots and lots of rum. That's right. So it was kind of like, you know, in England mm-hmm. uh, and, and other places in Europe when they were colonizing the, 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 the entire world. Yeah. Well, and but specifically the states, you know, right. when they were colonizing the, the new world at the time, really only like the people who had a little bit more money, you mm-hmm. know, the rich, the opulent, they had lots of chickens laying around and they mm-hmm. could make things with eggs and milk and, and, and things like that. Right. Right. Now, when, yeah, when we had when we they, everyone came over to the new world and we started colonizing, mm-hmm. you just had plenty of room for chickens and you know well, yeah, cows and things like that to be around. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't crazy to just like you would have a whole village, mm-hmm. a whole little colony, you know, mm-hmm. and they would just have plenty of this. So it wasn't weird, you right? Know? Right. 
Well, I mean, and I think you're you're probably onto something where, or Alton Brown is onto something that it, it was a drinkable custard. Right. So that custard is a worldwide, very old thing. I actually have a quote from Alton Brown here. Sure. And I, I think it's pretty good. He said, "Nutritious and relatively stable, eggnog was our first health drink. If you ask me, sipping it is our patriotic duty." <laughs> Sweet. But if you think about it, custards and things like that in England, parts of Europe, Ireland, Scotland, they've been around for a long time. Right. And then you take the propensity for old world cultures to throw alcohol into pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Your next step would be, oh, we've got some custard laying around. Let's put some booze in it. Right. Well, also, I would say that just like we've talked about on pretty much every alcohol episode that we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons why people have drank alcohol, mead, yes. wine, is because the the water typically mm-hmm. is not good to drink. It right. has to be boiled mm-hmm. for a while. I believe, what is it, f- at least 15 minutes to kill off right. any kind of, of rolling bacteria. Boil. Yeah. And beer and wine and things like that. Well, well, not necessarily wine, but beer, it always has that rolling boil. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know that that was the issue. Well, and same thing with, with alcohols. Right. Well, mostly because of the percentage, the alcohol percentage is high enough to kill all the bacteria. With wine, that, that is what it is. It right. kills any kind of anything that's that's going to kill you. Right. Well, and then liquors are also mostly heat distilled, so it kills right. all the bacteria anyway. But yeah, that was the safest way to intake liquids was to drink alcohols. Right. And I also wanted to mention one other thing. You'll notice that all the recipes that you were reading off from like the 13th, 14th, mm-hmm. 16th century, things like that, all of those recipes, they were all made with eggs, milk, and some kind of beer or wine. Right. As opposed to eggnog, mm-hmm. which is typically made with booze thrown in. Right. Well, Alcohol. Uh, oh. Liquor. Liquor. Thank you very much. Yes. We haven't even started on the nog yet. And you're we haven't. slipping up. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I'm saying is that the, the term eggnog, mm-hmm. I mean, that I think that is very prevalent in the, the turn of the century when the American colonies started finding out about this drink right. or, or reinventing the drink with local ingredients. Right. They had cows, they had chickens, they had rum, which was the probably the first thing that we used here in America mm-hmm. in the colonies because we had it. Right. Along came whiskey. We started using that in certain areas. But I mean, well, you, you had you had all the all the islands mm-hmm. that were like English owned. Yeah, that were English <laughs> owned. And the reason why we had so much rum is because they were sugarcane plantations. Right. And when you when you have sugarcane, that's how you make rum. It's just sugar. Mm-hmm. It's the they take the sugar from sugarcane and mm-hmm. that's how they make it as opposed to making cider from the sugar and apples or anything like that. Right. I would say I would like to make an eggnog with some Applejack and see how that turns out. I think that'd be pretty good. I think it would too. Well, Applejack is technically a brandy. Right. Mm -hmm. And even old Mr. George Washington had his own recipe for eggnog. He also had his own recipe for Applejack that he got from the Laird's company. Exactly. Why why wasn't there Applejack in his recipe? In his recipe... And I will quote this. Okay. Because the recipe is kind of (laughs) boozy. One quart cream, one quart milk, one dozen tablespoons of sugar, one whole pint of brandy could have been Laird's Applejack. 
It could, uh, yeah. Because it's technically a brandy. You're right. He it's doesn't. Just, it's not specific as to whether it's apple brandy or plum brandy. Or right. It just says date brandy. One whole pint of brandy, mm-hmm. half pint of rye whiskey, a half pint of Jamaican rum, a quarter pint of sherry. You mix all the liquors first. You do that first, and then you're drunk. <laughs> well, the, you have to taste each one. Right? I know, and then the rest of the recipe is easy. Then you separate yolks from the egg whites, add sugar, beat the eggs, mix well, add cream and milk, slowly beat them, beat the whites and the eggs until stiff, and fold slowly into the mixture. Let set in a cool place for several days, and here's the best part, taste frequently. Well, you have to make sure that it tastes okay. Well, and the other part that I found was historians were kind of baffled by this recipe Mm -hmm. because he never wrote down how many eggs he used in his recipe. Oh, really? He writes everything else down. But he didn't say how many eggs. Beat the eggs. (laughs) How many eggs? (laughs) I guess however many those hens hatched that day? I guess. I don't know. I mean, they they came to a consensus that it was probably 12. Probably a dozen. By, By the ratio, or he was making a very... Very strong batch of eggnog. (laughs) So, Chris, since we're doing an eggnog episode, Mm -hmm. I thought it would be fun to drink said eggnog during episode. An eggnog tasting, if you will. We just talked about George Washington's recipe. Right. Right. In all fairness, I've had many of the pre-mixed, store-bought, alcohol-added eggnogs in my life. Right. I haven't found one that I actually like yet. <laughs> it's just uh, none of them. I like eggnog. Yeah. But most of them are either too runny, too boozy, too too alcoholy, like just a pungent alcohol, like they use really crappy grain alcohol or something. Right. Anyway, that being said, I did find one that seemed to match George Washington's recipe. Very similar. Very similar. Yeah. So this is... Old New England classic eggnog. Mm, it's, it's a classic. And it's made with Kentucky straight bourbon, rum, brandy, and a blend of whiskey. A blend of whiskey? Whiskey, yes. It says that they use three-year-old blended whiskey in the recipe. Okay. So I don't really know what that means, but it seemed like it was fairly similar in at least the, the booze category that Washington well, used. How long has it been sitting on the shelf? Because it might be like six or eight years old by now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I can't seem to find a date. Yeah, man, because they, they <laughs> like people drink it, okay? But, yeah, I, I mean, know. it's shelf staple. So it's obviously true. been pasteurized. Yeah, as, you can check you know. it out. So, Old New England. Hmm. Oh, it was uh, bottled in Boston. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, it doesn't smell hoochie. No, it's, it's got just, a little a little alcohol smell. Just smells a little noggy. Well, cheers. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Hmm. Oh, that's strong. Oh my god, that's strong. Ooh. Boy. That's a little less That has some holiday cheer in it. <laughs> yeah, like all over the place. Yeah. Well, Whoop. I would say Hoppa. that this is not your well, it might be your grandma's eggnog if your grandma <laughs> was an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah, this is strong. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not exceptional. You know, I gotta say, I, ooh, why is it bitter? Whatever th- three year old blended whiskey they used, probably found on the the floor. Oh man, yeah, this, this is, is not my favorite. This is not no, good. This is pretty awful. Like I had a little bit of eggnog <laughs> last night while we were trimming the tree. Uh huh. You know, putting everything on, but it was like the Turkey Hill like fresh oh, eggnog straight, stuff. Yeah, I've got that in the fridge right now. Right. Yeah. That's so, good. 
Add some of that. I've also had silk nog. Have you ever had that? Uh, yes. The yes. fake, the fake it's uh, like faux nog. vegan eggnog stuff. That mm-hmm. stuff's okay, too. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just eggnog flavored. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what is it? Nutmeg, cinnamon, anus. Um, yeah, yes, anus. <laughs> this does taste like anus. It does. So, Joe, I also wanted to ask you. So, here in Maryland, mm-hmm. I don't know everywhere else. But here in Maryland, they ha- they specifically have snowballs. They're very similar to snow cones. Yes. Okay. But uh, they're not. They're or slushies in some parts of the world. Yeah. Or, or ices. Sometimes they call them Hawaiian shaved ice. Right. Or what's the other one? Hush, not hush puppies. Slush, slush puppies. Yeah. Well, yeah, but those are more of like... A drink. Like a icy, ice, like a milkshake but without the milk. They're just icy. As where like a snowball... Definitely has more of a consistency to it. Of of like shaved ice. Of like shaved ice, yeah, right? Okay. So one of my favorite flavors mm-hmm. is the egg custard flavor. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like and it's all super orangey, orange I don't looking. Know why? Yeah, it's like well, because the yolks. Is it that why? Yeah, the idea. There's no yolks in it, but the no, idea no. is that it's supposed to be orange, like yolk like. Yeah, like eggnog, like orangey yellowy you know kind okay. of creamy yeah you know but it's like one of my favorite flavors it especially is, yeah. and you can get it in diet what yeah i always get diet okay <laughs> i'm married to a diabetic okay i know i know so now because i'm forced to drink diet soda when we first started dating mm-hmm. now i'm so used to it mm. that when i drink something with like real sugar if i get like a real coke mm-hmm. it tastes like i'm just pouring the sugar bag of mouth. sugar down my throat. Like I just, I, it's so syrupy. I'm like, it's gross. Right. Every right. once in a while I will, like if I'm at like a Mexican restaurant and get like a Mexican Coke mm. and those are really good. Yeah. Well, you then know? I use corn syrup. So yeah, that's, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. It, but it, that's what it tastes like to me when I'm drinking like a regular Coke out of the can. Like I'm drinking corn syrup <laughs> straight down my throat and right. I'm just not into it. Right. So, but I also feel like that's what this tastes like. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. It tastes like corn syrup, like plastic jug whiskey. Can I tell you something that I did last night? Mm-hmm. Last night we were trimming the tree and I had some virtus. Oh, virtus. Yeah. The taste of the Lithuanian kings Damn from right. when, when we went to the Lithuanian festival. Mm-hmm. Call back to an episode that we did, the mead episode mm-hmm. where we talked about that. But also one of our videos that we did oh, where we, we went, went to the to Lithuanian the, festival. the mushrooms. Right. Yeah. So... Uh, I drank the virtus mm-hmm. and I said I savetka, but what I actually did was I had some of the some of the the eggnog, and I, I had two separate cups and I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. I have some eggnog, I have some virtus, you know, a nice like honey liquor, yeah. and I poured a little bit into it. Oh yeah, I felt the holiday cheer. Nice, nice. I, I think eggnog with a little bit of honey flavor in it. Is pretty good, man. Oh, yeah, with like some Berenjager or virtus, yeah, yeah something like definitely. that. Yeah, it's actually. I think it's a way to go. Definitely hmm. a way to go. Mm. You might have to, if you if that's your recipe, you might have to cut back on the sugar a little bit because it's like a liqueur. Yeah. It's you know what I mean? Like a cordial almost. Yeah. You definitely are yeah. going to have to like cut back on the sugar that you would add to it. Yeah. All right, Joe. I wanted to talk a little bit about the idea of pasteurization and okay. things like that, right? Sure. Because we all know on eggs, you can have a problem with our old friend Sal. Mm-hmm. Sal Manila. Mm-hmm. He comes from a pasture. Yeah. Uh, he comes from a chicken's butt is where it comes from. So, yeah. so uh, you know, obviously you can get salmonella on the outside of eggs. Now, mm-hmm. there are a couple of ways that you can 
not have that happen if you're going to actually make your own eggnog. Mm-hmm. First off, in most like mega mart grocery stores, right, right, they have eggs that are that have the shells pasteurized. Right, they've been treated. They've in been some treated way. in some way so that you can you, you safely don't... crack the egg open without worrying about the outer touching the inner right. and getting cross contamination. Right. So. Uh, also, like them being fresh, mm-hmm. are, are the fresher they are, the better it is. You're yeah. not going to get. Otherwise, you're making balut nog. Right. And no one wants balut nog. Right. Oh, could you make eggnog from blue milk? Oh, yeah. I mean, you could add blue milk yeah. to it. Yeah, why know? not? You know, I mean, it might be. It's it's Christmas some time. Tatooine and... nog. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shit, I'm making that next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry, that was a tangent. Okay. So I was also reading this article that. Alton Brown had talked about this kind of stuff, and I trust mm-hmm. him. So, I do, too. So he was saying, uh, don't worry too much about safety uh, as long as your brew contains at least 20% alcohol. Hmm. Okay? So if you have 20% alcohol, you're pretty good. And as long as you store it below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Which your I don't know. Your average fridge. Yeah. Your average fridge. Which, mm. uh, yeah, because the, the food safe stuff is below 40, over 140, and below 40. Right. So as long as you keep it under 40 and at 20% alcohol and you could you could keep it for as much as a month, you, you should keep it for over a month hmm. and it will kill any micro, microbacterial nasties that might haunt your innards and bring out your early death. <laughs> nice. uh, now, here's the weird thing, which I didn't realize. A lot of people today that are noggers, I guess. Yeah. People who nog. Okay. People who drink eggnog. Yes. Uh, people nog who actually enthusiasts. make their own nog. They wind up making it like during the summertime and what? save it in the back of their fridge. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, you know, it's, it's, you think about like, cheese. you know, you're steeping, right? Yeah. Yeah, like cheese or something like that. Yeah, you're aged. So what they basically do is they, they make it up. Okay. Mm-hmm. They make sure it's 20% alcohol or so. And, after Nog spends six months to a year in the fridge, a curious chemical collusion takes place as the egg proteins, alcohol, and milk sugars slowly join forces. This results in an elixir that tastes not of eggs, milk, sugar, or booze, but simply of eggnog. Hmm. So as opposed to pulling apart those flavors, they actually combine into one flavor. Okay. You know, very, I mean, very much like when you're, say, steeping a bitters Mm -hmm. or something like that. You really, you should steep it for something, you know, for a a while. Mm -hmm. and It'll bring all those flavors together. So that's what these people do is they take it, they put it in the back of their fridge during the summer, you know, when they get the good eggs and let it sit there until Christmas time. And it's supposed to be absolutely delightful when you pull it out for Christmas. Huh. Well, it's like I just, like last weekend, made a batch of Scottish pickled onions Mm -hmm. and the recipe states they should sit for at least a month before you even eat them right you want to make sure all of that vinegar penetrates all the way to the core Mm -hmm. but it's let let them marinate let them mellow out Mm -hmm. and then they'll be ready to eat right but it's it's you know that i can understand because it's a pickling process Mm -hmm. you know where that does need time right you're basically pickling eggs and alcohol right so, but I that's mean, what i'm saying like that's weird to me that it's like it's dairy on poultry action right and you're letting it sit oh that's a big no-no <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah it all seems pretty gross like yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be doing like, it. but yeah it's the same thing like cheese right cheese mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing you're sitting around you're letting the eggs or rather the cheese solids mm-hmm. you curd them up and then you're letting them 
sit to age and if you rind them or, or wash them with something or god knows what yeah people eat the grossest stuff oh, i yeah. mean like blue cheese roquefort and all that other stuff oh, the, the maggot cheese it's all moldy you know what i draw the line at the damn maggot cheese joe <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not gonna sit there while maggot i mean anything that i have to eat where i have to eat like with goggles on <laughs> With yeah. safety goggles to make sure something jump at you. will fly in my eye, I'm I'm taking a, a stand. Okay. That's where I stop. Gotcha. If I eat like hot, I don't eat hot wings, but if I eat mm-hmm. like a hot sauce mm-hmm. that's so hot that I have to wear goggles so it doesn't get in my eye, mm-hmm. that's just too damn much. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Hinken. I'm Laura Wexler, and we're the hosts of the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. We are a podcast in which you can hear true personal stories that are sad, happy, funny, itchy. There's no itchy stories. Why did you say sad twice? Because we gravitate towards sadness. That's not true. It's very fun. You can download us on stoopstorytelling.com or iTunes, and you can also find us at the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. All right, Joe. So the main reason, though, that I wanted to that I, that you I decided to do this episode that I was like, okay, Joe, we are ready to go. Fine. Engage, <laughs> right? Was because I found out about this thing called the eggnog riot, and I was like, finally, I have something enough to discuss and talk about uh-huh. where this episode would make sense. I, I know you you mentioned it to me briefly a, a few days ago, and I was like, I don't even, I have no clue. That's that's your deal, right? So explain, because I know okay. nothing. So in December, December 25th, 1826. Okay. Okay. So a few days ago. So we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about Christmas in 1826. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a place called West Point. Mm-hmm. Do you know what West Point is? It's the, 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 what is it? Naval Academy? No, no. The Naval Academy is down in Annapolis, mm-hmm. uh, which you should probably know that because we live right next to Annapolis. Yeah. What's West Point? West Point is the one is that's- uh, Marines? Navy? Uh, it, I think it's the Army. Is it Army? Yeah. Okay. So, but it's, but, it's, it's, but a, it, it's a military it's a, base. It's a it's a military cadet academy. Academy. Yeah. So, okay. but it's not the one for the Navy. That's the that's Annapolis. That's in Annapolis. Right. So basically, what happened was earlier that year, a guy named Colonel Slavonius Thayer. Okay. I think he's from Slytherin. I'm not sure. <laughs> he was a very strict and foreboding superintendent, uh-huh. and he expressly forbid the purchase, storage, and consumption of alcohol at West Point. Okay, that seems so. Fair. It's a, so it's an academy. You're there to learn, not to booze it up. Okay, but it was a very normal thing during, say, Christmas time, that to, you would bust out imbibe. a little bit of alcohol. Yeah. People wouldn't buy very much like a like a like an office Christmas party or something, gotcha. right? Okay. You know, sure, sometimes there's going to be one or two people taking who get a pants off, hammered, and like put their butts on the copier. Okay, <laughs> sure. But in you know, an eighteen dickety whatever you said, their butts would be on what? Maybe the window of the pub or something. Yeah. Who doesn't want to make a little pressed ham? You know what I'm saying, Joe? Sure. So he became the superintendent in 1817. It wasn't like the distinguished military academy that we think of today in modern times. Uh So a lot of the buildings were kind of like ramshackle. They had a few different buildings. Basically- Mm -hmm. Think of Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. they. they, Well, I was going to say they they wanted to make some sort of cadet academy so Mm -hmm. that- people could learn to become officers. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I mean, this is all tied up with George Washington mm-hmm. as well. I mean, he wanted to make some sort of place where this could happen. So you right. wouldn't just have like, you know, you could train them from the get-go and it mm-hmm. wouldn't be people coming up through the ranks. But yeah, it was a lot of ramshackle buildings and it began, uh, it began to change after the War of 1812 
when America's military failings inspired Congress to spend more money on, on the institution. So they instated Thayer as the superintendent, hoping he would bring order to the derelict academy. Hmm. So he is actually known as the father of West Point. Okay. He revolutionized the academy and, and the strict rules. They weren't allowed to leave campus, cook in their dorms, or they also weren't allowed to duel. Oh. Call back to our dueling episode. Yeah. What they would do was they would actually, they weren't actually allowed to even have weapons on the premises. Okay. They had an actual armory. Yeah. So, but what they would do is sometimes in their like steamer trunks, <laughs> they would bring them there and they would hide their dueling pistols and or cavalry swords, their sabers in their steamer trunk sometimes uh-huh. because they didn't want to be without their grandpappy's well, yeah, you know, of course, but saber that he fought in the Revolutionary War with, you know? Right. Well, and that's probably where they came with bunk inspections. Right. <laughs> so basically what happened was on, on December 25th during this year, they, they decided that they, they were going to have a party. Like, okay. it doesn't matter. They were going to do it. So be damned old man Slytherin, we're going to have a party. Yeah. Be damned Thayer, they're going to have a party. Gotcha. So... Although now it isn't necessarily synonymous with alcohol, being eggnog, that is, Mm -hmm. uh, the stuff that you buy on shelves or grocery stores with eggs, milks, cream, sugar. A lot of the time now we think of eggnog as just something that you can get without alcohol in it. But during the time, Mm -hmm. it always had alcohol in it. Right. That was the only way you could get it. That was the only way that you, that they knew how to basically pasteurize it, (laughs) you know, at the time. You know, so they basically got together a whole bunch of eggs, hot milk. And they went to a, a little a little bar that was not specifically on campus. Okay. Now, the problem was, is that at the time, even though the bar was off campus, they actually had a couple of guards that were guarding the riverbank mm-hmm. so that the guys wouldn't jump in a canoe and go over to the little, to the little bar. Right. So the few bars that were around were Benny Havens and North's Tavern. Now, North Tavern, as it was called, was close to the academy that it enticed cadets. They are dealt with the temptation by purchasing the property and turning the tavern into a hospital. Oh, so okay. he took one of the two bars that were little taverns that were near there, right. and basically bought it and was like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> and Benny Havens proved too expensive to supply the amounts of liquor the cadets wanted to bring to the holiday party. So instead, several nights before Christmas, the three of the cadets. They crossed the Hudson River to the East Bank to procure whiskey from the area's other tavern, Martin's Tavern. Hmm. Now, Martin's Tavern, actually, to this day, there is a, they have a mural hmm. in there, and it, it has Martin's Tavern. It, like, depicts. Depicts it to this day, still, nice. like, in West Point. So, basically, what they, did, what they did was the cadets, they smuggled alcohol into the academy a few days before because they knew they were going to have this party, even though they weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Now, what they did was they actually bribed the guards with, I believe, it was something like six cents or 30, and, 36 cents. And eggnog. Well, it, yeah, I mean, that, that was going to happen. Right. So, Thayer, he knew he could not stop everyone himself, mm-hmm. so he actually had two different other guards that lived in the barracks with the other cadets. Okay. That was Ethan Allen Hitchcock and Lieutenant Williams A. Thornton, and he had them monitoring the North Barracks. Hmm. So when Thornton and Hitchcock went to bed around midnight, nothing seemed out of the ordinary, but four hours later, so we're talking four in the morning by this point, Hitchcock awoke to the sounds of rowdy boys a few floors up from him. So he decided to go up and crash the party. He found six or seven cadets visibly- You're pooping in- on my party. Stop it. <laughs> He found six or seven cadets 
visibly inebriated, and he ordered them to disperse to their rooms, and he went to go to turn to leave. Because he was like, he was like, knock it off. You're yeah, done. You've had four morning. hours to drink. You guys are drunk. Yeah. Go to bed. Done. So as he was going to return, he heard another party happening in the adjoined bedroom. Oh, so he entered, and he also found a few more cadets drunk, two of which were both hiding under a blanket. Together? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I know. That's what I thought. But what I don't... are you doing in there? I'm farting. <laughs> I'm giving a Dutch oven. <laughs> oh, can you imagine after all that eggnog? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, egg farts are the worst. So the third cadet, who was also very, very drunk, refused to show his face and actually had his hat covering his face. What? And Hitchcock was like, cadet, remove your hat. And he refused. Like, no. Nope. Completely refused. Nope. <laughs> this enraged Hitchcock. Hitchcock. He told the cadet to remove it. He wouldn't remove it. So about the same time, he heard someone from the other room cry out, get your dirks and bayonets and pistols, if you have them. Before this night is over, Hitchcock will be dead. Whoa. So could you imagine, like, your, what what do they call that when you're in college? Your RA or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the guy guy who's supposed to make sure that everything is cool in your dorm room? Yeah, yeah. On your level, that's that's the person you go to when you have a problem with your room or whatever. Or your roommate or whatever. Could you imagine, like, literally just a, a, a riot about to start to happen because everyone's drunk. (laughs) <laughs> and they're about to pull out their bayonets and literally just kill that guy. Yeah, and they just scream, nerds! <laughs> so, spurred by alcohol and the alcohol-fortified courage, sure. the eggnog riot was off and running. Wow. Hitchhog, her, uh, he heard commotion coming from floors below, which seemed a lot rowdier, and went down there to try and intervene. He ran into a drunken Jefferson Davis. Oh. Joe, do you know who Jefferson Davis is? He's on a dollar bill or something, right? No. Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederacy. That's what it was. Yes. The president of the Confederacy. Yeah. But at the oh. time, he was here? a West Point cadet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what happened was, <laughs> I'm sorry, this is just really funny. Jefferson Davis busted in at the same time as Hitchcock did. And he said, put away the grog, boys. (laughs) Captain Hitchcock's coming. He was trying to tell everyone that you got to put it away. Like he was he was trying to be like, come on, this is this is happening. Put it all away. He's coming. Let's go to bed. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Hitchcock, of course, was already there in the room. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He actually then told Jefferson Davis, that's it. You go go to bed. Mm -hmm. So actually, Jefferson Davis wound up going to bed and wound up not getting court martialed. Good for because him. Because of it, yeah. Well, good for him. Not good for him, Joe. He became the president of the Confederacy. Yeah. So other cadets weren't so accommodating in their drunken state. Thornton, in his own attempt to break up the gatherings, had a cadet threaten him with a sword, and another cadet actually hit Thornton. Now, this is the other guy that was in charge of the dorms. Mm-hmm. It was Hitchcock and Thornton. Right. He had another cadet hit Thornton with a bit of wood. A he bit basi- of wood. A chunk of wood. He basically picked a up- A cudgel. Yeah, well, it was probably a piece of firewood because at the time, that's how you warmed your room. You know, you actually had a little stove, little pot belly stoves or something. Things weren't going much better for Hitchcock. As he attempted to break down a barricaded door, a cadet pulled out a pistol and attempted to shoot him. Wow. I know. So so another cadet actually. Escalation. Right. I know. You're literally trying to shoot your RA. Right. You're trying to shoot the guy. enough eggnog, guys. I mean. Put that's it down. A, that's a fucking riot. Yeah. 
So another cadet had actually like bumped into him and jostled him, and it, sh- it sent the bullet over his head and into the door jam. Oh man! But the uh, encounter was enough that Hitchcock needed decided he needed some backup. So Hitchcock you found shit. he found a cadet, relief centennial, and he told him to bring the calm here. Now by calm he meant the commandant of cadets. Okay. So he's basically like the next tier up. Yeah. Okay. He's not the dean, but he's like the next tier up. So what they actually heard, what the cadets heard, was bring the bombs here. They thought they were talking about the bombardiers. Oh, like the, the, the cannoneers? Yeah, and the, then... like the bombardiers were the, like the, the yeah, cannon. they would yeah. shoot off the mortars and things yeah. like that. So they thought they were going to bring the artillery. 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 Artillery men. Yes. The cadets hated the artillery men, and they were very, very rivalous against them. Nerds! Right. So the cadets in the North Barracks started taking up arms in in an attempt to defend themselves from the—and to defend the building from the artillery men. From the onslaught. Right. That they— Assumed. Right. So <laughs> violence broke out in the barracks. It escalated. People started smashing windows, what? crockery, broke furniture. People were throwing rocks in, like they were outside and throwing yeah. rocks into the windows. They basically screwed up the whole dorms. I mean, just smashing wow. windows and stuff all over the place. Wow. The artillery, artillery men, of course, never came because he didn't call them. Right. But the drunken mob eventually began to sober up. And about six in the morning or so, uh, the eggnog riot had finally started to slow down. Wow. So, and this is all because they were drinking the shit out of some eggnog. Wow. This is like a scene from Real Genius, like yeah. 1890s <laughs> yeah, right. version. So the cadets' night of drunken holiday chaos didn't end Christmas morning, however. Out of, of around 260 cadets, as many as 90 couldn't be indicted from the night's events. Hmm. Instead of indicting all of them, the would have been- Ringleader? Yeah, well, so basically what they did was, I mean, obviously Jefferson Davis didn't get it. Mm -hmm. They rounded up and expelled 19 of cadets the next morning. Could you imagine just being like when you drink way too much? Yeah, so out of the 260 cadets, they got rid of 19. That's it. They just booted them. So out of the people who did not actually get booted were Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee, who was also a cadet at the time. Nice. Now, none of the buildings from the eggnog riot during that time period are on the present-day campus. None of them. Right. But the riots did have a lasting impact on the campus architecture. In the 1840s, when the barracks were built, they included very short hallways that required cadets to go outside of the building entirely in order to access another floor. Hmm. So... Basically, they couldn't just stay inside and run upstairs like you can in a hotel room. I don't right, know if you've right. ever been to like a con. I know you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just run around the whole hotel oh, yeah. and go, you know, you're in one hotel room and you're mm-hmm. having a little party and then you run up three floors and you go to another mm-hmm. one, you know? So instead of doing all that, I mean, sometimes you might have to take off your Power Rangers outfit or whatever. Sometimes. Or just unzip. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what kind of convention you're at, Joe. Maybe <laughs> right. a furry convention or whatever you do. I don't know what you do, Joe. Okay? But that you actually have would have to go outside right? so right. that you could be seen and or caught by someone. Gotcha. So okay. instead of just running between floors. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that was the uh, that was the eggnog riots. That is insane. Could you? I mean, could you imagine like two hundred and sixty cadets? Yeah, but you in the military. That's what I'm saying. Like that, you are in in an academy to make you a strong leader, warrior, the respected part of military society. You're right. in that for that reason, and mm-hmm. you're going to start that. Right. I mean, literally eggnog. 
killed your overseers. I mean, yeah. it, it's absolutely insane. Now, I do have like a caveat to this. Uh, okay. Caveat? No. Uh, an extension? I don't know. Sure, yeah. So apparently it is tradition now, and I don't know when this got started, that the cadets of West Point will go out and have, uh, it's not all the cadets, it's just the freshmen. Okay. The freshman cadets, I believe it's like the last year of their- freshman Their freshman year. When they're not so fresh anymore. Right. They go out and they have a pillow fight. <laughs> okay. So what they do is they, they go out with pillows and they basically beat the crap out of each other okay. and have a big pillow fight between all the freshmen. Okay. And then the upperclassmen, out of their windows, they, they crack like, uh, what they, like glow sticks and throw them down. Okay. You know, like chem lights, and they throw them down on the ground so everybody can kind of see. And they basically just have this big ass pillow fight. And I mean, it just sounds like a good time, right? Right, right. Is it, is it sort of an homage to? It's not because apparently, like, this is never talked about on West Point. Like, oh. people don't ever discuss it. Really? Yeah. So huh. the eggnog riots. But uh, apparently, I believe it was last year, I, I was actually looking up like West Point riot. Uh-huh. You know, on like YouTube. And I, I was like, whoa, hold, hold on. And I found all these like news articles where they were talking about. So apparently last year, it wasn't just pillows. They were actually taking their helmets and putting them in their pillowcases. Oh, God. And then swinging them at people. Oh, man. That's like, that's like hitting a... someone with a sock full of hot nickels. Yeah, that's a pillow party. Apparently, it was something like, I believe, like 19 people or 20 people got concussions. Yeah. Two guys got broken noses. That's, that's how uh, in what Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket, when What's-His-Face is a crap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you get the soap party or whatever yeah, it's, it's called. Yeah, it's a pillow party. Yeah, pillow party. they basically tie you down and beat the crap out of you yeah. with soap in a sock. Yeah, well, that's what happened during this, during like the annual pillow fight. Jeez. They actually like put their helmets in there and oh. they're cracking each other. And I'm like... How much of a dick do you have to be? It's supposed to be like this camaraderie sort of thing. How much of a dick do you have to be to pull out a pistol and try to shoot your superior officer and then also put a helmet into a pillow and hit someone in the face with it? So I don't know. Anyway, those are the kind of people that shouldn't be there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they really should get court-martialed at that point. Right. But anyway, yeah, that was the Ignat riots. And that's why I was like, when I found out about that, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> this is totally enough to do an eggnog episode. Sure. So a couple other things about that. I found out about the eggnog riot. I, I don't remember. I was like reading. I was re- I think I was like looking it up. I was like, there's got to be something eggnog related that we could do this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think I found this and read the article about it. But then I've been listening to this podcast called The Dollop. Okay. Have you ever listened to it? You've told me about it, but I... I really like it. So it's like out of California and it's these two guys and one guy tells the other guy about something and he doesn't know anything about it. Okay. And they're way funnier than us. But <laughs> and but I'm saying they did a, an eggnog riot episode uh-huh. and I was like, oh, shoot, that's what we're going to do. But you know what? Great. I'm going through with it anyway because yeah. this is us and this is what and we do. And we're not you. And we're not you. But anyway, so if you get the chance and you like our podcast, you should probably listen to The Dollop because they're pretty great. Okay. But you can skip the eggnog ride episode because you've already heard it here. Okay, Chris. Mm-hmm. I see the bottle you're holding yeah, has the yes. traditional colors of red and green on it. It does. So this is our next attempt at a pre-mixed, store-bought, alcohol included. Why, why uh, didn't we make one? I, time, dude. Because we're too busy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've got some straight up eggnog upstairs from Turkey Hill. Okay. So here's the deal. And I got some scotch and drambouille and a bunch of other things up there. If we do... And if we 
if I wind up like making an eggnog next mm-hmm. year for Christmas or something like that, right? And letting it sit until the following year or whatever in the back of my sure. fridge. Okay. We will have an addendum. Yeah. We'll do a video. where Yeah. Okay. Sure. Cool, where we taste our homemade. And it'll just be me and you throwing up. <laughs> eggnogs. <laughs> there is, you know, of course, the eggnog challenge where you have to drink like a whole gallon of eggnog. What? They're Alcohol? stupid. They're stupid. Are you asking for a challenge? There's all <laughs> kinds of stupid challenges like of that. Of course there is. You know. Anyway, this is Mr. Boston. Uh, oh, I know, I know. That sounds bad. It's Mr. Boston Holiday Nog. This is like, this is, Mr. Boston is the stuff that sits in the well. This is like well alcohol, <laughs> That's right? What, yeah, I think my lovely lady told me about a brand called Benchmark. Mm-hmm. And Benchmark also makes just regular whiskey, like, a, right. you know, straight Kentucky style whiskey. It's the Benchmark. Right. Well, they got into the nogging. Mm-hmm. And they make a, an eggnog, and right. she said it was actually really good. I can't find it. I went to like seven different stores, cannot find it. I can say that I personally, on the way over here, mm-hmm. went to two looking for it because you were like, "See if you can find Benchmark." Right. I went to two liquor stores on the way here and could not find it either. Okay. Well, that being said, we had the Old New England. And this is our next attempt, Mr. Boston. Now, this one... <laughs> Sorry. I know. Mr. Boston I know, does not I know. make the best stuff. Well, this one just has Kentucky straight bourbon. Okay, so, so this is the just alcohol, bourbon. The alcohol list we had for the last one, which was right. rum, bourbon, brandy, and something else. Cognac or something. Right. And all kinds of stuff. This one just has... Just has whiskey. Just whiskey. Okay. It I'm down with that. It doesn't smell as offensive. It is not as offensive. Well, cheers. Cheers. And... uh Merry Christmas. Joe, not as offensive. <laughs> not nearly as offensive. It's not weird and bitter like the other one. It's a bit creamier. It is. I can I drink mean, this. It's a little more chachamy and phlegmy. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm like oh, so much <laughs> right now. But the, the spices in this one are, are a lot more uh, right? nogish. I know? like this. I could drink Mr. Boston. Hmm. I got to say the alcohol bite is... It's got a lot of legs, though. The alcohol bite is a little bit more rubbing alcohol than I typically like. Yeah, well, I, I think you're you're on point with the 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 barrel whiskey, right? You know, the sort of uh, floor whiskey, as as it were, the low grade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not bad though. It doesn't. I mean, it's not like astringent. Mm-mm. No, this stuff isn't bad. No, it's not bad at all. Okay, Mister mm. Boston whiskey eggnog. Has my vote for the best eggnog of the night so far. Of the night, yes. Since we've only had two. Well, uh, we have a third coming, and before we wrap up, we'll get the third. We'll get okay. We'll get one more. So, Joe, did you want to kind of go into like nogs around the world, <laughs> regional nogs? Yeah, like international nogs. Sure. And it's an international nog of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I found a handful that. They all bear some resemblance to eggnog or even poisset or caudal. Mm-hmm. In Mexico, they have an eggnog sort of cousin called rompope, R-O-M-P-O-P-E. So also with the, the Mexican nog, which you were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, the rompope, uh, it's frequently flavored. Rompope? Rompope. Ron, Ron Paul? Uh, rompopeel. Rompope, yeah. Set it and forget it. Uh, so it's sometimes made with rum, uh, but also can be made with neutral grain or spirits. And it's frequently flavored with ingredients like almond, allspice, cinnamon, pine nuts, vanilla, and chocolate. Oh. And also, it is in the traditional Mexican dessert, 
known as Tres Leches Cake. Mm-hmm. So they actually use that Ron Pope in the the Three Leches Cake. <laughs> the Three Leches. It's all Three Leches. It's, milk. It's uh, Yeah, milk and uh, Dulce de Leche. Uh-huh. That's two Leches, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, wait, that's Dos Leches. Uh, never mind. Anyway, Tres Leches. Leches, Dos Leches, Tres Leches. Tres Leches. <laughs> so, Joe, I have a... French native eggnogish hmm. egg drink. Ooh la la! So this recipe, re- recipe. <laughs> I was talking like uh, the the guy from. Never mind. Yeah, Final <laughs> Fantasy fifteen. It doesn't matter. I found myself a recipe. Okay, if you've played Final Fantasy fifteen, you know what I'm talking about. So this recipe is called the Late de Poulet, or it's also known in English as hen's milk. Huh. And it calls for egg yolks, sugar, orange-flavored water. Orange-flavored water. So very much like you think like rose water or something like that, right? Okay, but it's okay. orange-flavored water. So you put oranges in water and then you just drink the water. Right, yeah. So it's orange-flavored water and then they mix. Then it's warmed with boiling water and it's often recommended for people with a cough or taken before bed. Hmm. So as a nightcap. Hmm. Other recipes for- As a digestif? As a digestif, Yeah. <laughs> Right before bed. Late late de polette, add alcohol like cognac and rum to the mix. And in some parts of Canada, the typical eggnog, Mm -hmm. like what we would think is eggnog, that is sold in milk cartons in the grocery store is labeled as late de polette. P-O-U-L-E. Polet? Polet? I would say polet. Polet? Polet. Polet. Look. Sure. We all know. Polette. But I just think it's neat how... Canada, their second language is French. Yeah, that they yeah. they sell it under the hen's milk name. Nice, as opposed to the eggnog name. Right. So very cool. It's kind of neat, right? In Puerto Rico, it's called coquito, but it actually contains coconut milk over rather regular oh, milk. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, some coconut milk, but Local it, it has thing. the eggs and everything too. Yeah, same stuff. Just they use coconut milk instead of regular milk. Yeah. All right. I could go for that. In Peru. They have Biblia con Pisco, which is an eggnog made with the Peruvian pumice brandy. That's uh, like a grape brandy. Right. Kind of like a, like grappa? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very similar. Okay. Did you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, when I was kind of like searching, because I try to search a couple of different sources. I, mm-hmm. I look for web pages. I read some books. Mm-hmm. You know, I do different things. But one of the things that I also do is I try to look up like YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And up came an absinthe video. Okay. As I was searching for eggnog. And I was like, that's for eggnog. Yeah, that's weird. I you know, okay, but whatever. Well, some of the recipes have anus in it. And right. And absinthe kind of tastes like anus. Like, yeah, yes. Anise. Okay. <laughs> but one of the things that I didn't realize was that a lot of the spirits that are used to create absinthe. Mm-hmm. They're a neutral spirit, but they're mm-hmm. made from grapes. Okay. Yeah. Did you know that? They're it's basically like grappa. Yeah. I didn't. I, I don't think we ever talked about that during our absinthe episode. It, we kind of did, but it's it's. We talked more about the the well, mixture th- of like hundreds of different kinds of spices, right. and and all those things. So your alcohol kind of gets buried with all the spices, right? Because it's like neutral grain. It's like vodka, or whatever. right? It doesn't exactly. really matter what it is. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that that that's basically what it is. It's basically like grappa. I think grappa is is made from like stems and seeds. Yeah, I mostly. So. Yeah, as where it's the leavens. Right, as where like the old skins is something else, and I can't remember mm. what that is. So it's basically like a a liquor made from white wine. 
Right. And then they take that and make absinthe. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine an eggnog made with absinthe? Not with the anus flavor. Not when it's like that heavy. Can you stop saying anus? <laughs> It's okay. My, that is not where the eggs come from anyway. My girlfriend it hates it too. <laughs> She's like, stop calling it that. In Germany, they have an eggnog kind of like soup mm-hmm. made with beer and it's called, get this, Biersuppe. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I have a different one. Oh, yeah? From from Germany, yeah. It's called Eiserplunscht. <laughs> Uh, it's Germany's version of eggnog, uh-huh. and it's made with white wine. Okay. One recipe calls for one bottle of white wine, mm-hmm. four eggs, five tablespoons of sugar, one packet of vanilla sugar, oh. four cloves, 250 milliliters of strong tea, lemon or lime juice, and a pinch of cinnamon. Huh. Uh, and another recipe dating back to 1904 calls for eggs, lemon juice, sugar, white wine, water, and rum. Huh. Just a couple of different versions. And that's uh, Eiserpunch. Eiserpunch. Yeah. In Iceland, they have an eggnog-like soup as well, but it contains no alcohol. What? So it's basically like eggnog soup. So it's like egg drop soup? No. Like it's, from the it, Chinese? No, it's like eggnog soup. It's like, I think it's served warm. Mm, yeah. No. No, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, there is another English drink that I found around the 16th, 19th century, and it's called... Syllabub? Yes, syllabub. S-Y-L-L-A-B-U-B, which has all of the same or similar ingredients as eggnog, but it seems to be made more of a dessert or like a boozy drink, like a $5 shake. Right. You know, it's got some bourbon in it or something. It's it's very sweet, very desserty, but it has alcohol. Now, when I've seen most syllabubs being made, mm-hmm. they're they're actually made with uh, a citrus as well. So okay. it's it's milk, eggs, and either lemons or limes. Okay, like Alton Brown was talking about, like uh, a drinkable custard, mm-hmm. right? So it's right. like a drinkable custard. They'll take and whip the egg whites, mm-hmm. okay, and then they put that on top, okay, almost like a like a whipped cream, right? Whipped cream. Whip. Put it all over your body. <laughs> uh, a place that I saw. A syllabub being made, it, and I'm going to bring this up again. Anytime we talk about this old world foods, yeah, I always bring this up. James Townsend and Son. Uh-huh. Ha, James, Ta- have you ever watched any of their videos? No, you've told me a bajillion times. Oh God, times. you need to. They like, I saw them make all the stuff that we're into. Like they've made a a switchel. Mm-hmm. They've made, made syllabubs. I know, but I'm saying he's like a reenactor. He does like revolution, not revolutionary war. Uh, uh yeah, revolutionary war. Mm-hmm reenacting around that time so you know they make all and they have like instead of having a whisk they have like these they it looks like a little tiny broom you know what i mean (laughs) it's like a whisk but it's made out of twigs and that's what he's whisking up the you know what i mean out of like a you know wooden bowl right you know and also speaking of when we were talking about making noggins Mm -hmm. the little bowl or a little cup that you would drink eggnog from, mm-hmm. I saw him make a spoon in the same fashion where you put the coal down mm-hmm. and you burn out the area. So Where you, you want the spoon to be. Where you want the spoon to be. So he made a wooden spoon like that. Huh. So just a few like little things. If you ever get the chance, go on James Townsend and Son. At, woo, that eggnog is kicking my it's, butt. It's harsh. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, getting yeah. me. So it, go on James Townsend and Son and, and watch a few of their videos. I, I just really kind of want to make a wooden spoon now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. Like every time I watch some of these videos, he makes all these different things. Uh-huh. He has he makes stuff like like portable soup 
and all these things, which is basically like a early version of bullion cubes. Oh, okay. Like, like Marmite. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he makes like these early versions of like bullion and things like that. And it's just really great. Huh. You should, even if you're not like into reenacting. Yeah. Well, my, my uncle does it. Oh, does he? Well, he used to. I don't know if he still does Yeah, so even if you're not into, like, that sort of thing, if you're into, like, these old world kind of, like, food traditions, Mm -hmm. like, we like to revive and discuss. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, yeah. You should definitely check out that website. And you know what? I'm going to link it in the show notes. Okay. Now let me talk about some other nogs that I found in my research that are not egg. Mm -hmm. There is the Norfolk Nog by St. George Distillery in... Norfolk, England, owned by the English Whiskey Company. It's a liquor made with English malt whiskey and cream. Hmm. But it's called Norfolk Nog. You ever drink Baileys from a shoe? <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Exactly. But it's based on that that theory that, or I don't know if it's an urban legend or myth or whatever, but Nog coming from a strong ale that used to be brewed in Norfolk, England. Right. Which, I mean, it sounds like it was. So it's like milk beer. Kind of. Or like a cream ale. Yeah. They, they called it. I know it's not. I know it's not. I know it's not. Okay. It's more like a cream ale is just because of the creaminess, the thickness right. of the I know. I know. Now, this, what you're talking about. Nog is actually an old style dark ale. Right. So, but what you're, what you were talking about is actually a milk stout. Yes. A, a milk, milk stout. stout has uh, uh, lactose. Lactose. Thank you very right. much. Thank you, Joe. I brew too. I know you do. <laughs> so lactose, it has lactic sugar, which mm-hmm. the which the yeast cannot eat. Mm-hmm. They just try to, and they're like, nope. They real sorry. Tr- so it leaves a a bit of sugar in it. So yes. you're saying that this this beer, mm-hmm. they just put cream into it. I'm assuming. That sounds kind of gross. But well, then no, again, this isn't a beer. So does eggnog. Oh, it's not? <laughs> right. Okay. No. Uh, the Norfolk Nog by St. George Distillery is a whiskey with cream. So it's oh, more it's a like, cream whiskey. So it's more like, uh, what is that thing that people like? Bailey's. Yeah. It's more like that. It's more like a Bailey's. Right. Okay. Now, there is another company called Woodford's, and they make a beer called Norfolk Nog. And it's Woodford's Brewery, which of course, is in Norfolk, England. It is an old dark ale, or sometimes described as an English brown ale. And I think there is a difference there. I don't know why I've found descriptions saying that it's an old dark ale or a brown ale. Mm -hmm. Those are two separate kinds of beer. I honestly tried to order some of this. Oh, did you really? Yeah, but the company will only do English orders. Okay, so So you're not... They'll send it all over the damn UK, but they won't send it here. here. Yeah, right. But it's kind of like like when we try to order haggis for when we do the burn supper. Right. We right, have to order exactly. we because we can't get haggis with sheep sheep's lungs in it. Right. Or when we when we tried to order the Trappist beers, we had to go black market for it. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk about. Okay, that. it wasn't black market. It's just secondary it's just market. Gray market. <laughs> but I did find something cool that we can put on our Amazon link, and any people out there who do home brewing, you'll actually appreciate this they sell a woodford's brewery norfolk nog brewing kit Hmm. so you can make that norfolk nog based on an old world dark ale Mm -hmm. where the nog comes from you can make it at home that sounds great so i want to do one of those now yeah i'm gonna put it on the amazon link and then i'm gonna order one right so that will be on the show notes as well all right chris 
mm-hmm. for our, our last nog attempt. This is just Turkey Hill mm-hmm. eggnog with some cognac VSOP. Okay. So you just, you added cognac to a yes, I did. non-alcoholic eggnog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm good and with that. And a little bit of nutmeg on top. That sounds good. I like it with a little bit of nutmeg. Me too. Yeah. See, that's just nice. That's pleasant. That is pleasant. Yeah. Not super boozy. It's not. You I've, know? I've become a fan of of all like the spices that go in like pumpkin spice mm. ever since we started doing the pumpkin brew off every yeah. year. For the, yeah. What? The three years. Yeah. Which I've won two out of the three. I mean, you know, that's not a thing. <laughs> not I boasting just, or anything. I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> Out of our like five or six friends that brew home brews, right, right, I've just happened to win it twice. But, sure, uh, but I've become a fan of the the fresh, the fresh spices, Me and too. it's good. Yeah, and the the VSOP the the cognac Hennessy. Okay, but it's it's not super overpowering. It's not. It's I mean you you know it's there, mm-hmm. and I only used a quarter of a a jigger of cognac, right, for well, this because it's a, such a small tasting. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really it hits the spot, and that's all I need. Mm-hmm. You know, I need the spot hit. I, I have uh, I have basically one more thing I kind of wanted to bring up. Sure, and that is a cousin to eggnog. Okay, called the Tom and Jerry. Ooh, okay. have you ever heard of the Tom and Jerry? Uh, the cartoon. N- well, yes, there was a cartoon, but I mm-hmm. most people believe that the cartoon was actually named after the drink, not the other way around. Oh, okay. So. Uh, so there's two different places where they think it possibly came from. In 1821, a guy named Pierce Egan, he was a British journalist and author of the popular novel, The Day and Night Scenes of Jerry Hawthorne Esquire and his excellent friend, Corinthian Tom. Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like you're going Do, into. Don't you love when, like, back when books would be named with, like, in a full sentence. Yeah, yeah. So basically it's talking about a guy named Jerry and a guy named Tom. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan and their most excellent adventure. And then there was a stage play called Tom and Jerry or Life in London. Huh. And it was rumored to be named after Tom and Jerry. The, The drink was named after the characters in the book as a publicity stunt. Egan's version is a variety of an eggnog that is has added brandy in addition to the rum. The addition of alcohol made the drink very popular. Hmm. So basically, a Tom and Jerry... Well, hold on. Let me, let me get to the other one. Sure. So in 1862, Professor Jerry Thomas, a famous American bartender from New York City, authored the first bartender's guide, How to Mix Drinks, or, again, another or, <laughs> The Vivens Companion in 1862 includes some of the earliest recipes of America's favorite cocktails. His recipe version of the Tom and Jerry calls for 12 eggs and used hot water instead of milk. Because of the book's popularity, Americans have adopted the Tom and Jerry recipe, and the drink was extremely popular across the United States until his death in 1885. Wow. And I have a recipe for it, and I'll make sure I add that to the show notes. But Mm -hmm. it's become a very big staple for Thanksgiving and Christmas drinks. Hmm. Okay? And then, of course, we think that it's kind of like wordplay, how Tom and Jerry, the cat and the mouse, were eventually named after the cocktail. Right. But it was also a thing where it's this little hot pot, like this little pot, kind of like like a porcelain pot, mm. where they would actually have Tom and Jerry written across, across, excuse me, across 
the pot in like gold leaf lettering. Right. And they would have little noggins, little, but they would be ceramic mugs. Okay. And it would be very much like a tea set. Like a sake set? Like a sake or some kind of a tea set. Mm -hmm. But it says Tom and Jerry across it Ah. instead of, you know, anything else. And it's usually written in like old English lettering. Yeah, of course. Uh, Basically, you know, the cocktail is a little bit different, but it's a classic holiday drink. Uh, It was enjoyed between, you know, Thanksgiving and New Year. Mm -hmm. And that's also a thing with eggnog as well is that you pretty much have between Thanksgiving right. until New Year's Day, right. and that's it. Right. My that's... kid counts the calendar days when eggnog shows up in the grocery store. Right. He will down an entire half gallon in one sitting if you, if you let him. Right. And, and, and once, you know, Thanksgiving Day, you might have, you know, Thanksgiving Day, you might have some eggnog for breakfast or something like that <laughs> yeah. just to quell the hangover. But that's <laughs> sure. it. You know, right. like New Year's Day, you're you're done. Mm-hmm. Eggnog's co- not coming back around again until right. at least Thanksgiving. It's just like pumpkin spice. Right. All yeah. the lattes and that stuff. Yeah. Like just for the fall. And that's mm-hmm. it. So the Tom and Jerry is basically like a cousin, but it's usually made with like hot water and, you know, and it's and it's served hot mm-hmm. as opposed to cold right. like eggnog is. Right. Uh, I even ran a, uh, across a, <laughs> a Scottish version of a poisset, which called for no eggs, but they used oatmeal starch. You basically mashed up some oatmeal okay. in, in hot water, and you drained off the water with the oatmeal starch and everything. Right. And that was your base rather than Oh, your so eggs. like the oatmeal made it kind of, gave like it that. frothy, thick. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. oatmeal is very uh, viscous. Right, right. But roughly the same kind of recipe, but they used oatmeal instead of eggs. Mm-hmm. I've finished this whole... Cognac. It was pretty good though, right? Gave me. Yeah, because I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I've become a huge fan of cognac. All right, Joe. Well, that's about all I got, man. All right. I uh my research is uh tapped. And I have to say, for an episode that I thought was not gonna go anywhere for five years, <laughs> uh I think it went somewhere. Yeah. I think it really was uh was pretty good. Yeah. I'm not trying to toot my own eggnog. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh I'm glad that we did this one. Me too. Thanks for coming up with it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. I'm sorry I shot you down for so long. For so fucking long. <laughs> God. <laughs> but we finally did eggnog. That's right. We are finally here. You know what? Curiosos, I am so glad to have a new year of episodes for you. We're going to talk about it. We're going to try and figure out what <laughs> we're actually going to do coming up in the new year. Well, and I think our next one is a relatively a, a call-in. Oh, an yeah, ask. that's right. We it's have an, an ask, ask from my brother-in-law. Yes, we do. He has a specific idea for what he wanted us to cover. Mm-hmm. And, and we are doing that episode. And it is some sort of covering. Yep. Yeah, and that's all we're going to give, I guess. Right? Yep. Yeah. So until next time. Uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy 2018. Right? Is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. What I mean, 2018 is next year. Tw- happy 2049. Happy... 2017. Right now. Right now, we're not coming time back you, at you until 2018. By the time you hear us again, it'll be 2018. 2018. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, it's getting like Terminator 2 territory here, where it's just this big cyclical circle yeah. of craziness. Uh, well, it, it's cool. Talk to you next year. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcasts. You can call our voicemail line, leave us a message, 
443-327-9673. On your touchtone phone, that spells Hydasaur. On the Curioso.com website, on the left-hand side, you can help support the show by clicking on our Amazon link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. Or it could possibly be traced, or it could be, or it could possibly, possibly. <laughs> damn it, my brain. <laughs> okay. Okay, but it's you not a tauntaun. I mean? No. Tauntaun is basically just a horse. Right, yeah. But they're, yeah, they don't. But they it don't, has character. Nobody tries to climb into one of the porks. <laughs> I thought they smelled bad <laughs> on the outside. <laughs>